hold space for yourself and make a U-turn if possible. Don't, you don't have to settle. You don't have to stay there. And then when you get to your destination, and even on your way to your destination, just tell yourself, I'm proud of you. And just encourage yourself to keep going. I think self-love is critical. Hey, I'm Ronya Sakata, founder of the Joy Academy and queen of joy. That's how my friends call me. It's so important to me that my life is full of joy and that I enjoy every moment because I know how fast it could be over. We can do so many things to bring joy in our lives, to create joy, and that's what this podcast is all about. I talk with people and they tell me how they bring joy to their everyday life and how they create a life full of joy. So let's dive right in and please tell me after the episode what your takeaway is from this talk. Welcome Dr. Lulu to the Let's Create Joy podcast. I'm so happy to finally talk to you in person on Zoom. How are you? Who are you? What do you do? And how do you create joy in your everyday life and what brings you joy. That's, as always, my starting point. And then we'll, we'll have the honor to get to know you and your life and your thousand talents you have. I'm so excited that you are here. Well, I mean, my name is Dr. Lulu. I think it's, you know, I was, I was watching, I think it was two weeks ago when Larry King died. Do you know Larry King? And I was watching... Um, a couple of you know things about him and one of the things I learned that he he always told people is always ask short crisp questions but because I have a podcast I was like oh my god I need to learn that you know to just keep the questions short and crisp and then people don't have to say well what did you say uh, and then they get lost so this is good you know who are you is short what do you do is short, so that's good. And um, so my first name is Uchenna, my last name is Ume, but I do go by Dr. Lulu. Um, my online persona is Dr. Lulu, the momatrician, because I'm a mom and I'm a pediatrician. And so I put the two words together. So the momatrician is, um, both of them are trademarks. I am Nigerian by birth, but currently I reside in San Antonio, Texas, which I like to call North Mexico. I am a pediatrician by, by profession, but in July of this year, I'll be retiring from medicine after 30 years, and then I'll be fully a coach. But in my spare time, I also write and edit and have a podcast, a blog, and just like everybody else in today's world. Not everybody else, but you and me, like, yes. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of people. I, I, I think I don't, I, I, I'm new in the blog space. I'm new in the podcast space. It's something that's been going on for, for years. I'm just new in it. I've been fiercely practicing medicine for about 27, 28 years. It was just medicine, nothing else. And so it's just in the last two years that I'm trying to pivot and trying to rebrand and just trying to find a comfortable sweet spot. So I think the beautiful thing about human beings, which we don't always realize is that your brain is capable of doing a whole lot more than you think. And so settling is for who? Like, you know, you don't have to settle. If you don't like it, just change it. If you don't like it, just do something else and, and have fun doing it, you know? And have fun doesn't mean you're not gonna have bad days. You're not gonna have a toothache. You're not gonna have a headache. But have fun means you're being true to yourself. You believe in what you're doing and you're, you bring self-doubt along and bring fear along because they are gonna be there anyway. So just acknowledge them and just keep going. That's for me, having fun about it. It doesn't mean you're not gonna have bad days. Like if I had a client that I was coaching and then she just did not want to do the work. She didn't. And so I asked her, I said, will you do the work? She said, no, I said, okay, then take your money back. I don't want your money because if you're not gonna do the work, then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel fulfilled as a coach. So I think having fun means being able to say, I don't wanna do it anymore and it's okay. <laughs> Do, do what brings your heart to sing or dance. That's just 
so cool. And then it's easy it, or it can feel more and more easy. I think starting something new can feel hard sometimes, but then when it's in a flow, it's like, oh, okay, let's. Yeah, and I think, and I think a lot of people have fear of failure, but I think the, the bigger fear is the fear of success. A lot of people, they don't want to start because I don't want to fail. But then once they start, they are like, oh my God, what if I do very well? What am I, you know, uh, what's going to happen? Like, how do I sustain my success? And what, what if, oh my God. And then the fear of success or what they call success intolerance takes place. And, and then they don't innovate anymore. They don't. And, and what, what's your advice or your trick to, did you experience that yourself? Because you are now like the racing star in, no, I don't in the new that, field. I don't that, no, I don't think I've experienced. Um, I think if anything at all, in my whole life, the only thing that ever scared me was not being a doctor. It was being a mother. I think for me personally, I was very happy to have my child, but I was like, oh my God, this child is mine. What if I, do I know what I'm going to do? And then as they've grown and they've morphed and those are my babies, they are my mouse pad. So they're always with me. But I just oh, not babies anymore, like gorgeous men. Wow. But I think that I think I think that is the one thing that has scared me both for failure and for success. Like, okay, so now my son is the other one is in graduate school, the oldest one is in graduate school. Oh my god, they're gonna be they're they're grown, they're men, and that's it. And you know. It's, Did I do a good job or I think I did a good job or maybe I didn't do a good, you know? So I think for me, motherhood has been the quintessential challenge of all time. And also I think being a mother has given me the most freedom to just raise my kids, to just be empowered and love themselves and love women and challenge me. And my baby, he challenges me like, mom, wait. I don't want to do it that way. And I'm like, okay, but how do you want to do it? And he's like, okay, great. So remember, if you fail, it's like, mom, I'm not going to fail. This is the kind of <laughs> because you don't want a child that's like, yes, mommy. Yes, this is not, they're not using their brain. So I think for me, being a mother is the ultimate challenge of all time. But also, it's the best joy and reward when you, you look at your work and you see that is good. And I think the Christians, you know, in the Bible, in the beginning of the Bible, when God created the earth, he, they said that in the Bible, they said, and he looked at the earth and he saw that it was good. And I think goodness is something that we are born with goodness, but then we are the ones that bring in the judgment and bring in the negativity and, and the bad. But he said it was good. So you are good and I am good, right? But then all of a sudden, I start seeing myself as not good. And then I start reflecting that in you. And I said, well, you're not good because I don't think I'm good. And then we start seeing bad. And so I, I love that I've gotten older And I'm 52 next month, so I'm very happy that I am seeing that the sky is literally the beginning. Not the limit. Think about it. If you can just think it, you can be it. But then what we do is we think it and then, yeah, but what if I don't? And then you start doubting yourself. And that's in, why- In your business or in all your projects, You don't have, you said motherhood is your challenge and in your business, you're confident all the time. And if yes, what's the secret? What's the secret? Give it to me. There's no secret. It's my idea. That's why I'm confident because it's my idea. See, if you tell me what to do, I might say, well, I don't know. Does she have my best intention at heart? Why is she telling me to do that? But it's my idea. I thought about it. It's good. So the only that's such, thing that's such a, a golden nugget you you just you just um, 
like gifted to all the listeners. Like if you have an idea, trust your idea and trust your feeling and say it's good. And just say to yourself, it's good. It does, it does help that I also listen to I, I, the I am affirmations on YouTube. I am worthy. I am courageous. I am just able to do whatever I want to do. I am the universe is, is going to give me what I need and all of these things. So if it's my idea, the only thing I'm scared of is God gave me the kids. Will I do a good job of it? Will I make him proud of the kids? Because it's not my idea. But even though my marriage failed, it was my idea to get married. So even though the marriage failed, it was my idea. And so I went in full throttle and you know, well, you know it's not working out. Get out. You don't have to stay. And so I think... Um, I don't know where that was coming from, but I just know that just trust yourself and then, and then tell yourself, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your failure. I'm proud of your success. Girl, you got this. Tell yourself that. <laughs> because if you can't tell yourself you got this, nobody's going to tell you you got this. Did you have this confidence all the way, like during your um, doctor's oh, life? Yeah. Yes, I was born like this. Like literally, you can ask anybody who, who knows me. I come out swinging. Like I literally come out swinging, ready to just take, take what, 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 where is it? Where's the party? Because when I was younger, I was bullied in the elementary school bus. And I was bullied because I was sassy. I was bullied because I was smart. I was bullied because I was saying, you know what? You're ugly. <laughs> you have to believe in yourself and see the light in you and then you can reflect it on other people I went to high school I was the same thing I was in debate club I was in the Girl Scout I was in I was on the track as an athlete I was the I have the long jump record in my high school unbroken that was 36 years ago so yeah, because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my best or go home, go big or go home. So, I, and it's not, and some people who have low self-esteem, they see like, oh my God, she's, yes, I am proud because I am God's creation. And God said, I am good. So I wake up in the morning feeling this way. That's it. And I go to bed like this. And then my kids are like, mom. I said, guys, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but life is a lot easier without a ton of self-doubt pushing you down. It's But when you do coaching, like not everybody is coming out like ready to. to... Not, not everybody's my client and that's okay. And so I'm not you're... looking for the clients that are like me. I'm looking for the clients that want the transformation. It's two different things. One of my best clients that paid me <laughs> a lot of money is the most quiet and reserved woman. And what, what, did you, what did she, what do you teach her or how do you work with her without like scaring no, her? Like, this one said that she is willing to be transformed. I was, I was a lieutenant colonel and a commander in the US Air Force. So I don't come here to pet you. You go home. I don't, I don't have time for that. You can't be successful if you're doubting yourself all the way. And so if you're not ready, you go and come back when you're ready. So, so I'm you take another coach for building up your self-esteem and then you can come to Dr. Lulu. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm a motivational coach. I'm not a self-esteem coach. But you know what? The motivation is already within you. I'm not giving it to you. You have it. Everybody has it. But not everybody's ready to embrace it. And that's okay. I'm not a self-esteem coach. You would never see me. You see me say motivation and mindset. That's me. But I'm not a self-esteem coach. But self-esteem comes with that. It's, it's a given. But you have to it's it. so important, I think, to choose the right coach for the right situation. 
And then if it matches, it's like, boom, the, the transformation can be really quick. You don't need years and years to work with you for, for um, having an explosion of, of um, realizations because it's all in us, right? So if I... It's also not therapy. And I think what I'm hearing you say is you don't need years and years of coaching. Coaching yeah. is therapy. If it's matching, if it's matching, it, I, that's what I love about coaching. It's like, boom, um, and then... Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I think a lot of people think coaching is therapy. And I'm going back there because people think that. But I'm not a therapist. Coaching is not therapy. Coaching is about the possibilities. That's it. It's about moving forward. Therapy is about going to the past and figure out what happened. Again, so if this, and consulting is me coming to tell you what to do. Mentoring is me saying, this is what I did. So each one is different. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mentor and I'm not a consultant in that regard. As a pediatrician, I am a consultant. You come and see me, you tell me you have a headache, a fever, I do a strep test, you have strep, I give you the medicine, I tell you what to do. That's a consultant. For my sister, I'm a mentor. I say, you know what? This is, this is what I did. This is how I did it. For coaching, I want to ask you, what do you want to do? And how do you think you will get there? And then I will hold space for you and I'll hold you accountable. It's all different. And once you know the difference, it's like magic. So people sometimes think one thing or the other. You know, I don't think anybody can be coached and anybody cannot be coached. Um, naturally, there are personality differences. That's, that's a giving. Your five fingers are not equal. So there are personality differences. I am like my father. My father is a retired two-star general in the Air Force. I am his daughter. I'm proud, but I'm also my mother's daughter. My mother was a firefighter during the civil war in Nigeria. I have her heart. So I have each of them when I need to. I have no apologies, but if you don't, if you're not my father's child, I don't expect you to act like me. You know what I mean? Like each of us are unique and there's only one of us, one copy, one original, not copy, one original, no copies. And so I don't expect my clients to be like me. No, but I want my clients to want the transformation. That's all I need. I don't need a personality. If you're not ready for transformation, then you're not ready for coaching. Maybe you need therapy. And I had a client that I told, I said, you know what? I think we need to start with therapy first because she has a lot of baggage to deal with first. And if you're, if you're shackled by baggage, you can't move forward. Coaching is about moving forward. You see the difference now? So as a physician, I'll say, you know what, ma'am? I think, I think we should probably hold off on coaching for a little bit. Let's get you to, to see a therapist and let's get you to take care of all of this it's pulling you back. And then you come back and we're ready to swing. I used to teach kickboxing when I was a younger version of me. So it's, so I don't, I don't yeah. So I, I, I know that even if you go to the gym, you want to lose 15 pounds, your coach is going to tell you to do 25 push-ups. If you're not ready, you're not ready. So it's the same thing. I use that um, analogy because a lot of people understand when it comes to losing weight, your coach is never going to do the work for you. You will have to do the work. And that's the same thing with regular life coaching. You have to do the work. You have to do the thought work. You have to do the belief work. You have to do the, you know, again, fear and self-doubt. They're a constant companion, even for Oprah, even for Joe Biden, even for Kamala Harris. But you don't see them giving in to the fear and the self-doubt. And that's where courage comes. Courage means fear plus action. That's courage. We all have that. But we're going further because we're like, you know, I don't want to stay and linger. That's for chickens. <laughs> that 
pots for chickens. Mm -hmm. I, when I told you, uh, I, I, I said before, like it has to be a match. I don't mean like it has to be the same personality, but I just mm -hmm. have to admire you, love you. You know, like I want to learn from her or she should challenge me. And if it's not a match also in the gym, you have to like your trainer. Otherwise it's like, ooh, it's not helpful. So it has to be like. I'm glad you said that. Let me tell you the truth about a good trainer, a really good trainer. You don't like them. Ah, but you don't I, like them. I, I know what you mean. You you yes. get challenged and it's hard. Exactly. But exactly. I like the person. Otherwise, I, I can't work with a person I don't like. Like no, I know that. I mean, that's that's a given. That's a given. When I was in high school, I didn't like all my teachers. When I was in high school, I didn't like all my classmates. Sometimes I don't like my child, but I love them. <laughs> so, I mean, so I mean, likeness is is again, it's relative. But what I what I meant by that is. When I used to learn kickboxing from, from I used to, I learned Taibo from Billy Blanks and he's going for one hour. I hate him for that. But when I'm done, I see the difference in my body. And when I see him out, I was like, oh, hi coach. You know, you like your coach when you see them outside. But during the actual process of it, you don't like, because they're pushing you to the limit and beyond. And that's when you transform. Transformation means you have to change. You have to do something differently to get a different result. Otherwise, that's insanity because you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So that's what I meant by that. But when you see your coach outside, oh, yeah, you're like, that's my coach. Hi, coach. And it's like, oh, coach, guess what? I lost five pounds or whatever. But when you're at the gym, like, oh, my God. Yeah, give me eight more. Five, give me five more, give me one more, you know, that kind of thing, because they, because they know you can do it. And so I had a client once that she, she came for a free session and she was like, oh, I, I think you're tough, is what she said. And then the next week she signed up, but she said, I think you're tough. And I said, yes, I have no apologies for being tough. No, because if you don't want to, if you don't want to think big, you go home, you go home. It's not for everyone, but the one that is for me will find me. And that's okay. The next week she paid in full, but she said, I think you're tough. So she thought about it. Do you want someone that's tough, that's going to get you the result? Or do you want someone that's just going to say, okay. I mean, even as, an, as a mother, I use that a lot. One of my sons did not want to ride his bicycle. He was so scared of falling. But something as simple as riding a bike it takes a lot of bravado. You have to get on that two wheel, trust yourself that you're not gonna fall. I can't get you to ride a bike. I can tell you, let's go get on it. I can coach, but you have to ride the bike. And, and now he goes with no hands. <laughs> time, he didn't wanna go on the bike. And so we have to be cheerleaders and the wind beneath the wings, but you have to fly. What do you do for your own wings? You know, as, as a coach, you give a lot of energy, you give wisdom, and you said you're born that way. And I mean, how lucky are you that you have, no, it's like, it's not for free and you got bullied, you had your challenges, but, but I really like to appreciate like, oh, wow, that these are my gifts and I can use them and full power on. But for your wings, you know, what makes you fly? What, what brings you joy in your everyday life? I'm sure you have a lot of rituals and tricks. You said the I am um, affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, what are other things you love to do, like bring you joy? I think I, I am is, is critical. I love to read. I love to dance. Every New Year's Eve, I do like a four hours of dancing on, on Facebook. I love to dance. I love to dance. I love to go for a walk. Just the simple things. I'm walking, I'm reading. I'm that person you see me. I walk my dog. I hang out with the dog. I go to the backyard and I sit on my hammock and I just listen to the wind chimes. It's not, it's not anything... Oh my God, no, it's not a huge, I love to journal. I have tons of journals because I love journaling everywhere. My, yeah, I love to write. 
So that's how I get my, um, I just get that. Like I love to journal everywhere, my desk journal. So that's one thing that I love to do. I love writing. I love um, positive self-talk. And I was raped when I was in medical school. I was molested when I was nine. All of those things happened to me. But then more importantly, they happened for me. For me to say, what is the message that this is giving? But some people, and, and, and it's, not for, it's not for everybody, but some people that happened to them, but it doesn't happen for them. They're just like, oh, yeah. And they're still shackled. They're still stuck in that. So every now and again, I go back when I'm doing my meditation and I go back and I talk to my nine-year-old who was molested. And I said, I say, you see, we did okay. We did fine. And now I use the story for my TEDx talk. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm able to inspire people that, you know, you're not alone, me too. But me too doesn't mean I'm going to stay and let the burden because you allow, you know, if somebody, you know how they say unforgiveness or hatred is like you taking poison and thinking someone else is going to die. You hope, have to hope that the other person dies and you are poisoned. Yeah. So you taking the poison and you think somebody else is going to die. But you have to forgive yourself is what I mean, first of all, and just and make peace with that. And I say that because even though those bad things happen to me, worse things happen to other people. Worse things. Like I have a friend who grew up in Romania and He went through the war. It's nothing. My my was nothing. And I have we have stories of kids who are serially raped by their father or their reverend priest or continuously. Yeah. My mind is nothing. Nothing. But do you do you compare? And that helps you sometimes. I think it's it's healthy to see like the rele relevance or like there are even better things. And sometimes you just have to acknowledge this is my story and I can feel this or that about this. I'm allowed to think this is very bad and I don't have to compare it to something which is even better. Do you know what I mean? It's. I mean, I think I think self-acceptance is critical. I mean, I, I, I think I said that only because relatively speaking, mine is not. But um, there are some people who didn't get any at all. So it just depends on how you want to interpret it. I don't go around comparing, but but comparison is good as long as you use it for the greater good and not compare. I mean, we compare all the time. People go on social media. Oh, I have five likes. Somebody has 50 likes. Oh, I have 50,000 50, followers. Somebody has five million followers. We do that all the time, even without thinking. But rather than say, oh, you know, negative. Why don't you say, well, if she can get 5 million followers, I can get 5 million followers. Or maybe I'm only meant to get 50,000 followers. I had a video that went viral and it got like 60,000 views on, on Facebook, but I didn't, I wasn't doing it for that. I was doing it because I wanted to stay with the little boy that the policeman stopped him. And it was only three minutes at the most, the video. But somebody else has 1 million views, but I just want my message to get to the people that it needs to get to. So that's where the quantity versus quality, right? For me, I want quality. And so even if I have only 10 clients, like I said before, I want the right 10 clients. You know, or I can say, but she has 20 clients. Why does she get 20? Maybe they're not getting results. You know, I don't know. Or um, maybe my 20 are coming because everyone is so different, like I said, about the five fingers. So I don't necessarily compare except sometimes you need to compare. Sometimes it's also good to have someone that maybe the word is not compare, but you look up to them. Otherwise you can't grow. So it's important for you to have the healthy awareness of this person is over there and therefore I want to be like them or at least I'm going to strive to try to get better. And then I was just talking to my son the other day and he was like, well, I think he said, well, I think I might be, his big brother said, That he's probably the smartest kid with his, amongst his friends. And so I had a conversation. I said, what do you think, how does that make you feel about being possibly the smartest person amongst your friends? And he was like, well, I'm, I'm okay with it. I said, well, and I know you should be okay with it, but in the interest of growing academically, 
I think you should also have a couple of friends who are smarter than you so you can at least aspire to be like them. And he was like, well, I do that in basketball. I was like, I'm sure you do. And he's like, yeah, in basketball, yeah, I have a couple of people that I really want to be. I said, I want you to do that like that in everything. Always have somebody who is two or three steps ahead of you so you can aspire to be like, so you can grow. Otherwise you get stunted and then that's not good, you know? Like if oh, you are the smartest way. person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I like this saying. Oh, yeah, you are in the wrong room. You are in the wrong room. And, and, but, but, but there's a lot to be said about acknowledging that you have knowledge and imparting it, which is what coaching does, right? It helps you impart the knowledge on someone else who is maybe one step behind you. And then knowing that they're your prodigy tomorrow when they soar, to the skies, like Oprah and Phil Donahue. She always talks about how she, you know, he was her mentor, but today Oprah is like untouchable. But she probably believed first that she could be untouchable. She could have never gotten there by saying, I don't know if I can do it. Oh Lord. Yeah, she must have said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's try just, it. Just do it. I mean, she's so authentically herself. I love that. Like I just, I'm just doing it my way from the fullest of my heart and everything will work out. Like, pam, pam, pam. It's so cool. As you said, unique, unique, one of a kind. Just do it your way and yes, and grow and, and get pulled up from, from the people you admire. And be, and be willing to fail also because a lot of people, when they fail, they look at failure as, oh my God. But failure should be, okay, what do we do? What do we do differently? <laughs> what, what worked? What didn't work? And what do we do differently? And okay, how, how soon can we start? <laughs> so we can keep moving. Like my, my GPS in my car says, make a U-turn if possible. That is one of the most important things ever. And that's from the, 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 um, um, the GPS of my car. That's not even a human being. But the GPS says, make a U-turn if possible. And if you don't make a U-turn, you know what the GPS says? Recalculating. And then she says, okay, make a left or right because she, which is a car, knows that, well, a U-turn was not possible. So what does she do? She says, recalculating. I love that. I mean, that's just so powerful. And we don't want to recalculate. We don't make a U-turn. You know what we do? We stop. And we say, well, it doesn't work out. So yeah, it's, I fail. Do you know Abraham Hicks? Do you listen to Abraham Hicks on, uh, on YouTube? No, but I listen to Les Brown. Yes. That's my boy. I, I love the analogy that it's so um, suitable for your, for your GPS admiration. They say, if you want to go to San Diego from somewhere, I don't know, geographic uh, of, of the US. Okay. I live in San Antonio. You want to go somewhere and, and you put it into the GPS. You don't doubt that you will be there. In the middle, you'd say, no, I didn't find it yet. You are on your way. So I like this um, GPS whole thing. Here I am. I want to go there. And while I'm driving, I just trust the process and I'm going and failing maybe and you turning and whatever. Oh, but yeah. And the beautiful. The beauty of that is in coaching, again, which is about moving forward, about the possibilities, right? In coaching, the most important part of coaching is visualizing the destination. And that's the same thing you said. I love San Diego. When I was seven months pregnant with my first child, I promised myself that I was going to retire in San Diego. So it's funny that you said that. One of the examples I give my coaching clients is you have to have clarity of purpose. Like you said, I want to go to San Diego, not I want to travel. They're two different things. And so I want to travel is vague. And then universe is like, where do you want to go? I want to go to a place where they have trees and rivers. Really? Or I want to go to the California coast, specifically San Diego. And then the GPS will literally, like a needle in the old A-track record, take and put you where you need to go. So same thing. So I use the GPS analogy all the time about just saying, I want to, you know, I just want to get better. No, get better at what? And then when you sit with it, and I sit with my clients, I sit 
And I say, take your time. Think about it. What, what do you want? And he was like, then go around. I said, no, mm -mm, come back. Focus. And then if they can't get it, no problem. Your homework is to give me five reasons why or five reasons or whatever. And make them force their brain to decide. And that's another thing about coaching. Coaching is about making decisions. And just decide. I want a red flask. Just decide. Don't say, gosh, should I get red? Should I get pink? <laughs> and then what that does is you get stuck. And you can't move. What do you want, Dr. Lulu? What's your big fat vision? Tell me about it. I don't know that I have any special wish right now. I think I have everything that I need right now. I yeah, really but like when you say, where do you want to go? Like, I want to retire in San Diego. That's your goal. But what, what, what is your future looking like? Like, are you, um, are you handshaking Oprah and taking over? <laughs> no, no, I think, I mean, I, I would like to be on Oprah. She's on my vision board, but I think I just want to, I want to take it nice and slow. I'm going through a separation right now. So I want to take it nice and slow for now. Like the, the whole month of January, I just kind of took off of, social media, just to kind of be with me. And that's, and for me, that is my current status is just trying to be with me. My watchword for 2021 is self-compassion. And part of self-compassion is also just kind of being okay with the word solitude, which I've never really been able to just kind of be by myself and just feel the feels and just be okay. So I think my short-term goal is just to be, get, okay with being with me and so my coach said to me she said when you come into the house call your name and so now when i come into the house i go dr lulu when i come into my house just to call my name to be okay because in the past when i came into the house i call my wife's name and so she was like well now she's not here so i need to get used to calling my name and being okay with me and so for me that's my short-term goal and hopefully my long-term everlasting goal to always be okay with me um but if it's if it's as far as work as far as the kids i mean so it, it just depends on what you mean by what do i want each it's all you know different things right but when now, you say we say like point the needle and be be clear to your clients like your your needle at the moment is um being okay with yourself that's a needle point too for yeah, the gps yeah. right because um, as at the 1st of January, we decided, the 1st of January, we decided to separate on the 1st of January. So this is, to me, it's the most important thing for me right now to just hug myself and look myself in the mirror and tell myself that I'm going to be okay and, and, um, and just believe it. Um, after nearly 10 years of, of, of a marriage, you want to you wanna just clear your head. Um, but my my current project is another book that I'm, I'm working on and publishing for immigrant women, about 25 women from 15 different countries. So that's kind of my newest baby. But otherwise, I'm just, I'm just taking my time and just being okay with me, which I haven't done in a long time. But that's so beautiful. You know, you're like swinging it and pam, pam, pam. And then you, you're very gentle to yourself. I think this balance is so beautiful for ourselves too. If, if we are a coach and pushing people, it's important to be kind to yourself and then again, challenging yourself. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a dance again with life. Yes. Tell, tell us about your books because we met in a book writing group. Yes, yes we sure did. So, um, you have written so many books. So, um, I think you actually said we met on, uh, on my, on my Facebook live. I think that's what you said at the beginning. So my no, first, we, we didn't, we, we met in self-publishing school, um, because of your book. Yeah. Okay. So my first book is, um, I know the reason I was asking, I was saying that is because I thought it was a Facebook Live because my my first book was actually a Facebook Live. This okay. was a how to read well-rounded children was actually a Facebook Live that I did a while back, and I just transcribed it into a book. And um, in the second, and I and I did that because I was writing my first book was this one, 
18's life. But I got stuck because one of the kids in the book didn't make it. And the book is about teen struggles and depression, suicide, cutting, anorexia, all the things that teenagers go through. And one of the kids in the book didn't make it. And um, so I'm just gonna say that much. And then when, when I finished writing her story, I was mourning her. <laughs> and so I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't go any further. And so my wife said, well, you know, you know, you are the author, right? I said, yes. She said, yeah, so, you know, she doesn't have to. I said, no, 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 don't tell me that. I need her to, I need her to die. I need her to die because teenagers die every day of suicide. This is a real thing. I said, I need her to die, but I also need to mourn my character. It's just my baby. She's mine. And so while I was doing that, while I couldn't finish that, I decided to, you know what, just to, so I don't think myself out of it. You see, that's the thing about, because once I, once you stop, you start, time starts going. And then before you know it, you, you, you don't come back. You just, you just never finish. I have a lady who I coach who took 13 years to write one book because she kept doubting. And so what I did was I went and I said, well, I got to write a book book I gotta write a book because it was my 50th birthday and I wanted a book as my gift for my 50th birthday I was like I have to be an author that was my my goal and so I said you know what I'm gonna transcribe one of my most watched Facebook lives was the one I said how to raise well around the children I said you know what let me go ahead and transcribe it why not and so I just I went ahead and, and transcribed it and then made her into a book, made it into a book. And so that gave me the, and then this one was like a bestseller, instant bestseller. I said, okay, that gave me the courage to go back and finish this one. And um, when I had kind of gotten over the, 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 the pain of losing my baby in my book, <laughs> it's funny. So you get attached to your, to your characters, even though they are fictitional or fictitious or whatever, I was still attached to her. And then my third book is the one that, I wrote last year during the lockdown. That's why I met you. Um, yeah. Yeah, George Floyd's um, death or murder, rather. So this was actually a, a blog that went viral. And so I, I was like, you know what? Why don't I go ahead and make it into a book? Because somebody has suggested that will make a good book. I said, okay. And so right now we're working on the anthology. We have 25 women doing from 15 countries, writing about their immigration stories. So I'm really excited about that. That should be dropping in April. Yeah, and I think this, I, I read your book about talking, how to talk about racism with your child. And I think this should be on everybody's like nightstand with or without kids. Not really. It, I read it and it's so good. And I'm so annoyed. I can't write a review because I'm like not, and yes an approved yes yes I customer, like, hello but i still owe you this review i already writ written it down you know it's really and, and i you think um amazon wants you to maybe either you purchase x amount of dollars or you have but you know because i'm attached to amazon germany i i pay them a lot of money so i don't get it but i was um yeah i have <laughs> to figure this out why it's crazy yeah it's uh it's a little difficult in internationally but my book comes out soon so i have to figure out everything and you will get your reviews so no yes. no, no doubt that i can manage it yeah okay. really and your your words are so beautifully i think it's such a tough topic and like wakes up so many people sleeping but your words are so beautiful. So it's, I love this combination, like bam, 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 but like in nice words, you, you know that English is not my first language, but the Thai, you use the Thai, um, this, this poetical way for you. Mm. Don't, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, like Thai, what is, what is the word? How you, you express myself? In the book, it's, I think it's T-H-Y. This one? Yes. Oh, I use, oh, oh, yeah, because, um, oh, because the book is 21 Commandments. Yes. So I, I use it like the Bible. 
So I said, um, oh yeah, yeah, okay, like thou shalt, like number four is thou shalt find out from thy children what they already know about racism before proceeding. And then number five is thou shalt start to teach thy children about systemic. Yes, because I try to make it as a Bible um, because, you know, it's a Christian. Sometimes you, you got you to gotta talk to them. Yeah, the and, and I don't I don't know the, the Bible in English, but I really like this. This For me, it, it sounds poetical in a really oh. tough um, topic. So I loved this combination. It's like gentle oh. and then pam, pam, pam. You have to do this Nobody or that, you know? Before. Thank you so much. Nobody told me that before. I have, I've listened. To, I mean, I got a lot of reviews on this book. I got the other day I was in a, an event and somebody was like, wait, you're Dr. Lulu? I'm like, yes. She's like, your book is on our company website. And we, you know, it's one of the recommended books. I'm like, really? This is great. Yeah. Yes. 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 But no one has told me what you said that, you know, the way I wrote it in the big, big biblical terms or using big biblical terminology or whatnot. Hey, I'm, I, I'm happy. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate that. I love, I think words are so powerful and sometimes yeah like yeah it's just it just depends how it the message enters enters the heart and the brain so um i didn't know that the bible is written like that in english i never read the bible in, in oh, yeah the bible i mean the commandments in the bible the commandments. But, but i know poetry in english with this um yeah yeah well this for the commandments they, they use thou shalt and thy and thine and <clears throat> thine self and things like that i don't know i guess it's maybe some kind of old biblical english or something and i think it's very british english old um yeah, yeah like yeah. really beautiful language style so mm -hmm. i really like that and and it spoke to me it's uh, oh, powerful, very powerful so everybody should read that book if they can speak English. So <laughs> yes, how to teach your children about races. And you know what? I, I love the chapter with, um, hey, try different food. What about, yes. yes, like it's so, it's so mind opening to, and you yes. know, my, my husband is Japanese. So like different food. Yes, of course. And uh, in, I, you know, Switzerland is so tiny. And we have Italian and French part of Switzerland. So like that's normal for us because our mm. little part of German speaking, Swiss German speaking, it's just, you can't drive for two hours and you're out of Switzerland, you know, or maybe mm. four hours. So my brother, my baby brother lives in Switzerland. Bern, Bern, is there a place called Bern? B-E-R-N? Yes, he your brother? My youngest, my baby brother, yes, he lives oh, there with wow. his wife. Okay. Yeah. They live there, they are diplomats. So she works at the US Embassy. So they live there. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, you didn't tell me that. So cool. Yeah, I think I did. I think I did go back on our go back on our conversations. I think I did because they've been living there for about a year now. Okay. Also, they moved a year ago during the COVID. So it's not like because if it wasn't COVID, I would have been there. I would, oh, I would have been there. I don't know if I knew that you lived in Switzerland. If I didn't tell you, then it's because I probably did not know you live in Switzerland. But everybody that I know in Switzerland, I tell them because my brother lives there and I want to go badly. I want to go. I want to go. Yes, we have to meet. How cool well, they is that? They COVID. This is a yes. mess. We have to be. You know, after COVID, I will come to visit you because I want to ask France and I want to practice my French. You know, in, and I've been Zurich, where I live, there is no French, but you can talk French and you, you English yes. is like, you know, we, we like to practice our English. Like everybody, yeah. if they just know a little bit, they love to talk. So I'll come, I'm going to come visit. That's a, that's a, that's a given because also I'm getting older and I just feel like I, there's so much I want to do because, you know, nobody has, nobody knows tomorrow. So I'm ready. I'll come visit you. I put, you. I put on my vision board like our stories have all the same ending. So let's make the pages on our in our book worth reading. So I love I that. Love it. That is yeah. so powerful. I'm gonna write that down. That is so powerful. Our stories all have the same ending. I'm gonna quote you, but I'm stealing it. No, it's not my quote. I don't know which. I I I will um 
Oh, I have to, I have to check because I, I printed it from an Instagram post on a picture and I don't think I have the name of the author. I'll just say, I'll just, I usually write unknown. I'll just write unknown because I don't know. Um, I think it's a, a general saying like our, yeah, our stories have all the same ending. So let's make the pages worth reading or something like that. Mm, well, I'm, I'm writing to let's make the best of our pages. I like that. And I like the, the image to have a book of life with my clients. I do a, one meditation where we go, you know, downstairs and then in a cave and the cave is like very um, glittery with gemstones. And then there is a lake, a big lake and it's illuminated from, from beneath. It's really beautiful. And for people with, um, What's the, what's the English um, word for, is it claustrophobic? When you are scared in closed room? Yeah, <coughs> so if you don't like closed rooms, you can open the, the, the caves um, oh. top and have the, the night sky there. And then there are little islands floating around and on every island you, you get a boat um, collecting you and then the boat drives to your island with a, some kind of being like whatever an animal a human whoever and there is your book of life and all the pages already written and then the, the empty pages to really feel like and this this person or being down there is just writing what's happening you know if you do anything or nothing or a lot of things just mm. writing without judgment and mm. and one client was like oh, my book had a my book of life had a, a heartbeat you know they are really touched about their own book of life in this beautiful surrounding. So like make the pages beautiful. Yes. And, and, and do what, what you want to do. That's what, because otherwise. You're still going to die regardless. Yeah. Sonia, I have a 10 o'clock. So I have two minutes to get ready for that. So what is your message to the world? Dr. Lulu, say last, last message. I think um, we're just going to go ahead with just, with just the GPS theme. I mean, when you get to a roadblock, make a U-turn if possible. That's it. Just make a U-turn and just uh, hold space for yourself and make a U-turn if possible. Don't, you don't have to settle. You don't have to stay there. And then when you get to your destination and even on your way to your destination, just tell yourself, I'm proud of you and just encourage yourself to keep going. I think self-love is critical. I mean, you really truly can't love another person if, from a place of scarcity, even from a place of fool. You can truly only love from a place of abundance. And so, and yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. I came here for swinging it. I love it. Thank you so, so much. Have a great day. I, it's evening over here. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes if you liked it. Also, make sure to join my free joy group on Facebook to discuss this episode and other joy topics. And you can find the link to it in my show notes on joyismycompass.com slash blog. If you are looking for ways to incorporate more joy into your daily life, I've got the most awesome tool for you. Head over to joyismycompass.com slash UA to hire your personal universal assistant. What is that? You'll find out. Just click on the link joyismycompass.com slash UA. See you in the next episode.